Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back, so deal with it. Let's do this! Finally, The Rock has come back! Live TV is awesome. The spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever! All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome back, folks, to WrestleRant Radio here today for July 28th, 2015. I am Graham Jason Matthews. And what a stacked show we got on tap for you guys here today. We got an exclusive interview with former WWE Tough Enough contestant Gabby, one of the most recent eliminations, actually. She'll be on the show here today talking about her experience on Tough Enough, how she got on the show, her drama with Amanda, how the show was filmed, how why she felt she got eliminated, her future in wrestling, and everything else in between. She will be up shortly. Looking forward to talking to her. Of course, we got to kick off the show here today by addressing the elephant in the room, the Hulk Hogan controversy from last week. So here's the deal. On Thursday, I got my wisdom teeth out, so just a little disclaimer if I sound off for the rest of the episode or whatever, it's because my mouth hurts like a son of a bitch, so I just want to mention that right now, and that was one of the most painful experiences ever. That sucked a lot, but anyway, so I got my wisdom teeth out on Thursday. Couldn't go to the Daniel Bryan book signing that same day. I tried to, I just... I couldn't, I was in so much pain, so it sucked. But anyway, so that happened on Thursday. I wake up on Friday, obviously, because I'm in so much pain, I could barely even sleep. So I wake up at like, I don't know, 5.30 in the morning or whatever, and I wake up to a bunch of texts from John, who I've talked about here on the show before. We've had him here on the show before, at underscore John Jargon on the Twitter. Awesome dude, one of my best friends. Um, he sends me a bunch of texts from like 2 in the morning, I see this. They're from 2 in the morning, I see this at like 5.30. Um, there's like five texts in a row saying that Hulk Hogan's been fired from WWE, no WWE.com profile, not on Tough Enough, not, no merch, no nothing, completely sponged or scrubbed away was the word that a lot of the websites used from WWE.com. And I was shocked. I'm like, motherfucker, this sucks. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people are celebrating it. There's not a lot of Hulk Hogan fans out there these days. He's said a lot of stupid shit. He's done a lot of stupid shit. This including it, um, that this whole controversy included, and, um, but I'm still a Hulkamaniac. I mean, I'm still a supporter of him. I'm not saying that what he said was right, and I'll get into that right now, but uh, I am still a Hulk Hogan fan. It just really disappoints me. It doesn't surprise me. Like I said, Hulk Hogan's done a lot of dumb stuff over the course of his lifetime, and this wasn't from recently. Um, so let's, let's, start from this, let's start from the beginning here as to what happened, what he said. I'm not going to say what he said. I'm not going to say it word for word. You could go check it out for yourself. And uh, it's on... Not Gawker, it's on, what is it, uh, the, the National Enquirer, I think there was another website that released something the other day, some more comments came out today as I'm recording this on Tuesday, some homophobic remarks, it's it's bad, you know, when you, when you read something like that, when John sent me those texts that's saying that Hulk Hogan was completely, you know, scrubbed away from WWE, first I saw that he was fired, so I'm thinking, okay, something must have happened. But for them to completely erase him from history, not from history, you know what I mean, like not almost the Benoit treatment in the sense that he was completely gone from the website, no more merch, no more mentions, no more nothing. You know, they kind of did something similar with CM Punk. I know they kind of took away all mentions of him too, but he was still on the website for a while. It took a while for them to kind of erase him. He has some stuff on the network still, so he's not completely gone from, uh, from the WWE, from the annals of WWE history. Hulk Hogan, they, they scrubbed every single mention of him on the website for the most part. He has not gone from the WWE Hall of Fame to kind of clarify that speculation. There had been some uh, concern from fans saying that, oh, has he gone from the Hall of Fame? He's not in the Hall of Fame section of the website. They just needed to get him off the website, period. So they had to get his profile off of there. I'm pretty sure he's still an official member of the WWE Hall of Fame until I hear otherwise. But anyway, when you hear something like that, you know it's got to be bad. And it was bad, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it here. You can go read it on the National Enquirer and all the other websites that released his uh, released his controversial racist tirade from the sex tape from like 2006 or 2008, whenever it was. And it, it was pretty bad that it is worth WWE getting rid of him. Scrubbing all mentions of, I'll get to in a couple minutes. I don't... I don't I'm not in agreement with everything that WWE is doing right now in terms of, like, 
it's hard to explain. I mean, I understand they want to distance themselves from Hogan, but like I said, I'll get into that in a minute. In regards to what he said, it was pretty bad. You know, he used the N-word multiple times, the homophobic remarks that were released today, and they should just release it all at once. You know, I don't agree with um, releasing it periodically to get more views. I get why they're doing that. They're, you know, they want to stay relevant. So I understand where they're coming from, from that viewpoint. But um, I, I just, and Hulk Hogan's not making the situation any better either. But, <laughs> and I'll get into that too. I'll, I'll get into that shortly too. But uh, I, I wish they would just release it all at once, you know, just to get it over with, get it all out there. You know, he he's never going to 100% fully recover from the scandal. It's always going to be out there. He, he will recover. I do believe he will be back in WWE at some point. But this will always be a dark cloud living over him. Now, I, I, I can go more in depth with this, and I will, talking about all these different aspects that I've kind of already mentioned. But my full thoughts on this, I kind of talked about it on Friday when the news broke. I talked about it on the hashtag AskGSM yesterday, and multiple people asked me questions about it. So I don't want to sound like I'm repeating myself, but I'll, you know, for those that didn't read the post or hear my thoughts on it in the video yesterday, on Monday, I'll just kind of um, briefly give my thoughts on it. So although I'm a Hulk Hogan supporter, I'm not at all condoning what he said. It was bad. He had to be fired for it. I'm not saying the WWE shouldn't have fired him. I just don't believe they should have completely erased him from history, giving him the Benoit treatment. Now, I'm not comparing the two situations. Benoit killed two people. He killed his son. He killed his wife. He killed himself. It was a disgusting act, and he absolutely deserved to be erased from the annals of WWE history. I know he's a competitor. He was one of the best of all time from a, as a wrestler, but they just can't acknowledge his presence in, in regards to, at, at the risk of with people asking about who he is and what he did and kind of shining more so, some more light on the situation. So I, I agree with that. And, you know, not putting him in the WWE Hall of Fame. I've always said that. I've never changed my viewpoint on the Benoit situation. Now with Hogan, it was stupid. It was ignorant what he said. He shouldn't be removed from the Hall of Fame just because he made some racist remarks. He was being an asshole. But being an asshole and doing something illegal, I know hate speech is illegal, obviously. But, you know, killing killing people and making racist remarks are different things, in my opinion. Like I said, I don't want to compare the two. It's very, very different, the two situations. But still, I feel like he's not, he shouldn't be released or shouldn't be uh, removed from the WWE Hall of Fame. He's Hulk fucking Hogan. One of the greatest of all time. One of the, he is wrestling. You know, he'll never be a completely erased from the annals of WWE history. He will be always, forever be associated with that company. So whatever they do, no matter how much they try to forget about him, or not try to forget about him, they're just trying to distance themselves from him to avoid any bad heat. The stock's already plummeted, so that's no surprise. And that's what WWE's all about. You know, if Michael Cole, not Michael Cole, God forbid Michael Cole, but Michael P.S. Hayes, who is a well-documented racist, um, having said things to Mark Henry, which Mark Henry admitted he did not use Michael Hayes' name in his statement last week, which he released on Twitter on Friday after the Soul controversy broke out with Hulk Hogan, um, but he is a documented racist. Now, because WWE had not gotten any publicity for it, they had not gotten any mainstream attention for it, they never really addressed the situation, i.e. they never fired the guy, hence why he's still under contract, he's still employed by WWE. Now, I don't agree with that. Hulk Hogan is a major public figure, obviously, so henceforth they had to do something about it, they had to get rid of him, so I, I'm not blaming WWE for firing him, they're absolutely justified in doing so. But the question is, how far does the punishment go? And when I say that, you can stop releasing his merchandise. I understand why you would want to have Curtis Axel stop doing the Axel Mania thing, which, I mean, it sucks for him, and the only money you'll probably ever make, other than the occasional paycheck, obviously, is based off that Hulkamania t-shirt, is from that Hulkamania t-shirt, which a lot of people got. It was a pretty popular t-shirt, not like a not one of the best-selling merchandise items that WWE had, but Curtis Axel, for a guy like him who's been mostly dead for most of his WWE career, um, now has to go back to square one because the Hulkamaniac thing, he, he can't be, they can't have any reference to Hulk Hogan whatsoever. Now, it's not like he was in the middle of a title contention. He was not a title contender. He wasn't doing anything noteworthy. Him and Damian Sandow, I, you know, aka Macho Mandow, weren't even on TV to begin with. You know, they, they did started doing the gimmick a couple months ago. They were on TV all or once or twice, and then they were kind of relegated to WWE superstars, and they haven't been seen on Raw or SmackDown since, other than that Brock Lesnar um, Brock Lesnar Undertaker brawl last weekend Raw. They kind of make cameo appearances. Hulk uh, uh, Axel had the Hulkamania beard, and he had to shave that off. 
as seen on a picture on Twitter that someone took from a live event over the weekend. Um, you can get rid of that. You can get rid of the merchandise. But then I saw over the weekend the NWO merchandise was taken down. Now, I kind of took issue to that, not only because I'm an NWO fan, and I'm glad I kind of purchased my NWO sweatpants that I wanted to buy for the longest time. I finally got those back in May on sale, so thankfully I got those before they got taken down. Um, But his name wasn't even on that. You know, Hulk Hogan was a part of that group. Sure, he was one of the founding members of the NWO back in 1996. But how far do you go with the punishment that you have to erase everything that he's associated with? You know the NWO. His name wasn't on the T-shirt, so why get rid of the um, why get rid of the, the the merchandise for the NWO? You know something like that. I don't really understand. Getting rid of him in the movies they have coming out. I get that. It's just a lot of shit they have to go with. I mean, it's not like a Zack Ryder or a David Otunga. This guy was in everything. You know, it's Hulk fucking Hogan. You know, the guy came back to the company a, a year and a half ago. I was so happy to see him back and. You know, as as noted, as I've said multiple times before, I started watching WWE. I started watching wrestling in 2008. So by that point, by that point, Hulk Hogan had made his last WWE appearance in December of 07. So I had not seen Hulk Hogan in WWE ever. Um, so I, I did not get the chance to see Hulk Hogan in WWE up until 2014 when he finally made his comeback. I was so excited. And to his credit, he has not said anything dumb since then, since since all this uh, has broken out or anything like that's been documented or recorded or to our knowledge on the record, we have no indication, <clears throat> excuse me, we have no indication that Hulk Hogan has said anything stupid um, since this whole racist tirade back in 2006 or 2008 or whenever it was released. Now, again, he was in a dark place at that time. I've said that before on Twitter in the last couple of days. So he was not in the right place mentally. That does not make what he said right at all. I mean, just because you are in a bad place doesn't make it right what you did. Um, and he should still be punished for it, but he, I, I do feel sorry for him. You know, it's been so long. It's not like it happened just recently. He was caught on tape using the N-word or anything like that. Is he a racist? He said that in the in the rant that was recorded. I mean, you, you say a lot of stupid shit when you're fucking messed up like that. But then again, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of people sticking up for him. Virgil sticking up for him. It's not a good sign. I know he's an African-American former WWE superstar, but Virgil is also a well-documented person that is messed up right now. It's very well known that Virgil is fucking kook, so I wouldn't really believe anything that he says. And people can come to his aid, like Kevin Nash and all these other guys, and it's and it's good to see. He's a great human being from what I've seen, doing all the Make-A-Wish foundations. But all of that, for the time being anyway, will be overshadowed by this whole controversy of him being racist. And it doesn't help his case that he admitted to being a racist in the tape, you know? So how how badly this this hurts his public image forever. Obviously, it tarnishes his reputation for now. Forever, I think he will recover. Not 100%, like I said before. I do think he will be back in WWE someday. But it's a shitty situation. It's a really shitty situation with more stuff coming out with more stuff coming out the homophobic remarks and stuff like that and i mentioned this in hashtag ask gsm yesterday the solo monster mentioned this on his podcast over the weekend i remember tweeting about it on i don't know friday or saturday or something and i'm one of the biggest i, I am one of the world's biggest ultimate warrior fans the guy was an, an idol of mine for you know for as inspirational as he was but even he was a had made a lot of nasty had said a lot of nasty things in his lifetime, a lot of racist things, a lot of homophobic remarks. So why is it that he can be inducted in the Hall of Fame? And I'm sure WWE was well aware of what he said, what he had said in the past. Um, why is it that he can go into the WWE Hall of Fame and be welcomed back with open arms, but Hulk Hogan can't be? And it's because for one reason, if Ultimate Warrior, and I'm sure if he was still alive, maybe that stuff would have come out at some point that he had said a lot of racist things on tape and whatever, and he was a bad person, maybe they would have fired him too. I have no idea. I would not. I honestly would not be surprised, considering Warrior's track record with WWE and coming and going and coming and going and coming and going, I would not be surprised that if he was still around today, he would probably already have already left the company. I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, if stuff like that was made public. And like I said with before, with the Michael P.S. Hayes thing... He never got any heat for it mainstream-wise, so therefore they didn't have to fire him. WWE was put under a lot of pressure after this whole shitstorm with Hogan. They knew it was going to become a big news story, so they had to take action and fire him. So I don't blame them for doing that, and I already kind of talked about how far they need to take it. But um, 
he will be back someday because he's Hulk Hogan. He is wrestling. I mean, he has brought so much to this business. Whether there would be a WWE without him or not remains to be is up for debate. I honestly don't think so. So I do think he is. He will be back at some point. They just kind of have to distance themselves from him for now because of all the heat that's on him, and I don't blame them whatsoever. Now, on that note, what was you? Oh, this is what I was going to talk about. So this has been more of a story in the last couple of days more than anything else. I mean, the story broke on Thursday night, on Friday, but this has kind of been uh, prominent in the last uh, 48 hours or so as of this recording on Tuesday afternoon that Hulk Hogan is doing himself no favors at all by staying on Twitter. Twitter can either be your best friend it can be your best friend or your worst enemy. You're, 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 you're hearing, you're, this is coming from someone that knows, <laughs> that has a lot of history with that, and using Twitter the wrong way. Um, in years past, thankfully not anymore, I learned my lesson, hopefully Hulk should too, but it seems like even after all these years, after he has tweeted stupid stuff or has, has used Twitter the wrong way, posting inappropriate photos, saying inappropriate things on Twitter, just being trolled into an oblivion. It's immense. It's it's an asinine. It's crazy how much this guy has been trolled on social media and he still continues to use Twitter. <laughs> I remember back on April Fool's Day, and I'm not, I don't mean to like make a joke, but I just thought it was funny when it happened. I mean, it sucks. It's very sad, but it is kind of hilarious at the same time. He, on, uh, I think it was April Fool's Day. He got trolled both last year on April Fool's Day and this year. Someone tweeted him like, oh, I'm the world's greatest father. Can I get a retweet? And it ended up being like some terrorist or something like that. People will do that to Hulk Hogan because he will retweet anything that says, I'm your biggest fan. That looks like it's positive when it's really not. Like in the last 48 hours, he had retweeted some comments from people saying, oh, I'm your biggest fan. Me and my dad are supporting you. And it's like a picture of Drake, um, soccer players, and congressmen, and all this other weird stuff. Like Hulk Hogan has no idea what he's doing. I'm surprised, not not only that Hulk Hogan, I mean, I'm not surprised that Hulk Hogan is doing that, but more surprised that no one close to him, a lawyer or somebody, is telling him, stop fucking using Twitter. It is hurting your reputation. It's making the situation only worse. He had retweeted some comments that, you know, compared his situation to Hulk, to um, President Obama using the N-word in one of those recent podcasts, which I remember hearing about. But it wasn't something bad. Obviously, he just used the N-word to... um to clarify something and the internet obviously just kind of imploded about it just saying oh why would you say such a thing and it was something so small and he didn't use it in the way that people intended him to use it it was a whole different situation but for someone to compare that to this is there's there is no comparison hulk hogan it was hateful speech and obama was something completely different he did not mean any hate anything hateful by it whatsoever and using that word and it doesn't matter if it's the if you have it end in the ER or an A or whatever. It's a disgusting word that should be banished. I mean, it doesn't matter how you use it, if you want to use it. I mean, words are words, and it only really matters in how you use them. I understand that. I'm a full believer in that. That's why I swear all the time. I mean, it's only really a matter of how you, um, what you mean by the words that you use. But in the political correct world, I mean, even I'm not even saying that this is that the, the, the PC world we live in is to blame. The guy said a lot of racist shit against some people and he meant hateful things by them when he said this. I know it was nine years ago. He was, he was in a bad place. It doesn't make it okay. If he wasn't punished then, he should be punished now. That's the way that I look at it. But even in today, you have to be careful of what you say. Not even if you're in the public light. I know there's a lot of you know pressure on celebrities to watch what they say and do because there's cameras on you at all times that are just waiting for you to fuck up so they can make a story out of it. But this goes far beyond that. This goes, you know, even to people like the common the common guys, the, the common Americans, the common males and females, just like me and you. Um, just the common folk is what, the, is what I'm looking for here, is the term that I was looking for. You have to watch what you say. It doesn't matter if you're well-known, if nobody knows who you are especially on social media. I know this was all on tape and whatever, but, you know, you really have to watch what you say. Even though it was something dumb, you know, you made a racist remark years ago. You know, Havoc was, um, you know, uh, just recently in the news for having said something racist. Um, I know she said it, like, jokingly, quote-unquote, but she got a lot of heat for it. She was at a WWE tryout when some fans had pulled up her history of being a racist, not just one occasion, just multiple occasions over the course of a, over the period of a few years, and it got her in some deep shit. I don't think she would have been hired anyway. She wasn't really that good, 
But from what I believe, it cost her um, at least getting a look from WWE, regardless of whether she was good or not. They didn't even want to bother considering her for, for hiring her for WWE for employment because of what she said. And it's not because they believe she's racist, but it's because of, you know, she has a track record with saying stupid shit on social media. Will she do the same thing if she's employed to us? You know, I think that's kind of the mindset here that people have to consider. It's not only that is Hulk Hogan racist, we can't have a we can't have a racist under contract to WWE. It also goes back to he said this thing, he he has said these things once before, regardless of whether he's racist or not. What is stopping him from saying them again in the future? You know, that's what I think the main concern, not the main concern, or one of the top main concern is main concerns is when it comes to this whole situation. You know, Hulk Hogan said a lot of dumb stuff in the past. He's lied about a lot of things. Um, a lot of those are white lies. They're not hurting anybody, but um, he has been known to kind of tell tall tales in the past. And, you know, what is stopping him from doing the same thing in the future? When it comes to something like this, anyway, when it comes to saying, look, I was in Metallica, I was going to be in this movie, I was going to be in that movie. Sure, Hulk, no one cares. You know, stuff like that, I you know, whatever. But um, when it comes to... Stuff like this, it's a really serious situation. So, in closing, I don't blame WWE for for firing him. I don't blame them whatsoever. They had to do what they had to do. They're a publicly traded company. It sucks, and I'm absolutely disappointed by the situation. Don't get me wrong, but um, things to consider just going forward to improve it, and just you, you just got to move on. Time heals all wounds. I'm a full believer in that. I don't think he's going to be back in the public light, or he should be back on, you know in the public eye at any point in the near future. I mean, using Twitter will not help his cause, and hopefully that's the first step he takes is either to delete his Twitter or just stop using it for the foreseeable future. I love Hulk Hogan. He's very, he's a very loving guy from what it seems, um, but you got to get off social media, buddy. It's not helping you at all. It's not helping your your case whatsoever. But anyway, um, you know, time heals all wounds, but it, it's going to take a lot of time for Hulk Hogan to recover from this. It, it's a very... Not a scary situation. It really sucks to see from a as a wrestling fan, as a Hulkamaniac, as a guy that um, it, it has been a Hulk Hogan fan. You know, I remember years ago when I was a kid. I, like I said, I started watching wrestling back in late two thousand and eight, or early two thousand eight, rather, April of two thousand eight. I've been a wrestling fan for over seven years at this point, which is not much by any stretch compared to a lot of people. But anyway, that's how long I've been watching wrestling. But even before that, years before that, I had been a Hulk Hogan fan. I still remember to this day. Watching the Three Ninjas movie, oh man, I forgot what it was called. I'm gonna look it up right now, but it was called the Three Ninjas, and Hulk Hogan was in it. It was the the amusement park one. I'm gonna look it up right now because I forgot what the name of it was. I remember years ago sitting down and watching Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain from 1998 when he was still in WCW, and just not even you know I I knew he was a wrestler, but just from his one appearance in that movie, I just become such a huge fan of Hulk Hogan. And then you kind of fast forward a couple years later to his appearance in Muppets in Space. Uh, I'm a huge Muppets mega mark. I've talked about I've talked about you know not on here before, but on Twitter I'm a huge Muppets fan. I always have been. I always will be. And his appearance in that movie was kind of a highlight for me. Um, but you know, just stuff like that. I've always been a Hulk Hogan fan, so it really does hurt me to see him in this bad situation. But all you can really do is hope for the best. You know, um, it's not going to be a situation that blows over tomorrow or the next day or next week or next year. I, I said the same thing with CM Punk. You know, he's not going to be back next week, next month, not even next year. Maybe not in the next, maybe not even in the next decade, but he will be back at some point. And I still believe the same thing can be said for Hulk Hogan. I know he's 61 years old and, you know, he doesn't, I'm not saying he's going to die in the next year or so. God forbid, that'd be terrible. But um, it, it would be nice to see him back in WWE at some point. I'm not forgiving him just because he was in a bad place at that time. It is worth considering. It's not like he said this stuff just recently. And it's, you know, like I said, it, it's really unfortunate because this was a guy that was, you know, leading the the, the breast cancer cause in, in WWE. Their whole promotion for the Susan G. Cohen thing, their whole fundraiser for that. He would come out on Raw and promote this and promote that, promote the network. He was on everything network-related and everything like that. So it's unfortunate. It really is, and I, and I feel bad for him. I feel bad for WWE for they didn't do anything wrong. I mean, they're absolutely, like I said, justified in firing him. But, um, you know, fingers crossed for Hulk Hogan. I'm pulling for him. But he made his bed. He's going to lie in it. He said it, regardless of whether it was nine years ago or it was yesterday. You know, I mean, just because he was in a bad place, I hate to keep on repeating myself, but just because he was in a bad place doesn't make it right. 
And if he wasn't punished for it then, because no one knew about it, he might as well be punished for it now, you know? So, uh, pulling for you, Hulk. Hopefully you can get over this thing, and, you know, hopefully this situation will only, um, we'll see some positive news, hopefully, by the end of it. And, um, like I said, it's a really unfortunate situation, but here's hoping that uh, the best comes out of it in the end. So that being said, all the Hulk Hogan talk out of the way, let's move forward now to my exclusive interview with former WWE Tough Enough contestant, Gabby. Hello. Hi, Gabby. How's it going? Good. How are you? Doing good. So before we get started, your first question I had for you, um, obviously just kind of going back to the start, uh, over 11,000 applicants for Tough Enough in the last couple of months, that's when it first started, but obvious question here, but how did you find out about the show before you applied for it? Um... The show came on. The show came along, I think, in January. Uh, I actually hesitated to apply because you know it was more kind of a reality show, and you know we did some research. Uh, my husband and I, Tom, and we found out that Top Enough was a show really about wrestling. Because you now that's really what I want to do, for, you know, for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's how we uh, decided to apply for Top Enough. So also a couple weeks ago too, or about a couple weeks into the competition, they took you guys to a live Raw in Atlanta, which was probably your first Raw show, right? Absolutely, yes. And you guys went to a few NXT shows too. So how was that experience? Did that watching that show live kind of make you more of a fan than you were before, kind of coming into the show? Did that really uh, turn any head? Like, uh, was there anything about that kind of, that made you love wrestling more? Kind of made you want to do this? Oh, absolutely. You know, we're talking about 20,000 people looking at you and cheering for you or booking you on. It doesn't really matter. But you see all these people uh, there giving you the vibe. And, you know, it just, it's, there's no words to explain, like, when you are in that situation. And all I can tell you, I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to perform, and, like, on Raw uh, night or... You know, like for whatever, WrestleMania, I'm being like kind of ego right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I want this bad, you know, but I can't wait to go back. It's just an amazing feeling. And it's crazy, too, because sometimes, I know a couple years ago when they had the last season of Tough Enough, they brought all the, the contestants out there, I think right before the show began, so people didn't really know what it was about. And the guys that day, or the, the whole cast of Tough Enough that season, got booed out of the building when they were brought out for Raw. So when you guys came out for Raw that night a couple weeks ago in Atlanta, did you guys, or you specifically, have any nerves about the re- about the crowd just kind of rejecting you guys, or any uh, any nerves about the crowd, uh, the, the reaction to your segment when you guys came on, because it's live? Well, honestly, not to me, because, you know, as long as you're having a reaction from people booing me off or cheering for me, that's all that matters. I think if people are quiet, they don't care, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I can't speak for others. Uh, I... I got a pretty good clap when they called my name up. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like on the show, too, you can't be someone... I mean, like a Sarah Lee who was kind of getting a little better in recent weeks. She was a girl that early on didn't really do anything to stand out. You know, and I think you specifically were the one that kind of had more of a personality than more of the other girls on the other show, on on the show itself. So um, you definitely need to stand out in order to get a reaction. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, uh, once again, I think... Right now, uh, Sarah Lee is incorporating a little bit of Gabby. <laughs> yeah. You know, learning how to speak her mind a little more, and that's great. But for her, and I also think that Sarah is the American dream, you know, the girl from the small town that, you know, came to, to WWE. And, you know, I don't know if you're going to ask me this or not, but I think right now Sarah is going to be the one that's going to win tough enough. Yeah, I think they got who they have left. They have Sarah Lee, they have Chelsea, they have Gigi and Sarah. Oh, Gigi, Sarah. Oh, and Amanda too, who also survived tonight. So yeah, there's a good yeah. chance. That and, and that's that's such a mistake, you know. Yeah. I have no words but explain how mad I am. But <laughs> you know, to see a guy like Mata going like Patrick, it, it's fun to. I don't know, make no sense. It's getting really subjective. Like I said, you know, it's hard for me to be like a contestant now, uh, an audience, to see things happening. I don't really understand what's going on right now. And it, it's, yeah, it, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's weird because the, the 
the whole premise of the show should be to find the next WWE superstar. And the fan voting, I understand it. They want to have the network. They want to incorporate the viewers and stuff, do some live voting and stuff like that to make it more socially relevant with people tweeting to keep them, to, 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 uh, to keep the certain competitors and whatnot. But, yeah, I was shocked by the elimination of Patrick last week. Of you the week before, they had Daria gone the week before that. They had Mata. Like, all the people that have some sort of potential on the show, they're getting, uh, they're, get, they're they're just getting rid of week by week. So, kind of on that note, uh, like you said, they, had, they got rid of Mata this week. They got rid of Patrick last week. Do you feel like the fan voting aspect of the show is flawed? That's kind of been one of the biggest... Um, arguments, or the, one of the biggest gripes from fans with the show is that the, the fan voting is kind of uh, taking a turn for the worse, and that they only vote for the people that are their favorites. I mean, Sarah Lee's kind of gotten better. ZZ is very likable, but it's it, it's apparent six or seven weeks into the competition, he doesn't have what it takes to be a superstar. So do you feel like the fan voting kind of has hindered um, the the the, uh, the process of how they find the next superstar? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because right now... If we didn't have the fan voting, right? Yeah. Fan voting. And if, if you have, like, the last season uh, with um, Stone Cold, uh, he was the one eliminated, if I'm not mistaken. Him and True uh, Status. I think if the coaches had a thing, the show would have been much better. Meaning, meaning, like, they would have better competitors, better superstars coming out of this. So also on that note, too, this is another thing that I was kind of wondering, because they have the three judges. They had Paige, Daniel Bryan, and they had, of course they had Hulk Hogan before, who has now been replaced by The Miz. Um, those three judges only really see, they judge you based on what they see on the show, just like me or any other viewer, whereas the coaches, you know, Billy Gunn, Lita, and uh, Billy Gunn, Lita, and Booker T are with you guys every single day of the week, and they have no say in who stays or who goes. So do you feel like that's another part of the show that's flawed, too? Yeah, I would, I, I would think that our coaches should be the judges, you know what I mean? Because there are the people that are... Uh, uh, with the contestants most of the time, they didn't know what's going on. For example, Billy Gunn lives right down the street from the Performance Center. You know, he pops in and out of the barracks, you know, very often. I think Billy Gunn should definitely have been uh, one of the judges, and uh, maybe all of the coaches, like I said before. Mm-hmm. It kind of, you know, because they do know how we act. They knew, uh, they know how we are off camera, you know, and, you know what I mean? So, to me, would have been better the way they did in the past. Yeah, it seemed like the last thing, they, they had a better hold on who they know who should stay and who should go. Because the coaches, at least in that sense, in watching you know prior seasons of the, of the uh, of the show. But before we get into that, though, did you guys have any chance to watch past seasons of Tough Enough? Because you guys had the network at the barracks, and uh, were you able to watch the past seasons of the show while you were there? Well, they did have Apple TV. We had access to... Uh, WWE Network, but we never really watched Tough Enough. Uh, now this is enough Tough Enough. We watched like Raw or History or that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But me personally, I did a research on Tough Enough before I applied for the show, and I did see uh, other seasons. Is that what you were expecting going in, like a kind of style where Stone Cold would kind of meet you in the ring and kind of grill you guys and give you pointers on how to get better? They didn't really do that this season, but when when going in after being selected for the show and getting into the top 13, was that what you were kind of expecting out of the format? Did they let oh, yeah, you know? absolutely, because you know what? This is no joke, you know? Yeah. Uh, I would say, me personally, and I can't speak for Patrick and Mata, we applied for this because we want to become a WWE superstar, a diva. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't want the TV time because neither of us needed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we, we are here. I, I say we are here because we're still in Orlando getting trained. Um, by uh, Alpha and Yeah, yeah. We uh, we should have stayed in a, in a show, and yes, if it was, you know, the, the, uh, the coaches judging us, I think we'd still be in the show because they see the effort that we put on and the timing and how athletic we are and how bad we want. 
So they had a lot of big names associated with the show too. As they mentioned, they had Hulk Hogan on there. They had Hulk Hogan on there at one point. Chris Jericho services the host, and a lot of established trainers as well. Lita, Booker T, uh, Billy Gunn. While you were on the show, was there any notable name, any legend of any of any sort backstage at Raw or NXT or whatever that came up to you specifically and kind of gave you any pointers and how to either either during the competition or after you got eliminated that gave you any tips to kind of get further in the business. Uh, I did talk to Booker T uh, over the phone. Mm-hmm. He asked, brought me to his radio station, you know, and he gave me uh, a couple of referrals, where to go from, from here, and uh, I took one of his advices in terms of training. Uh, I think, for example, I, I, that's my opinion. I don't know what goes on in their mind, you know. I do know, I mean, I do think that Booker T believes me, and he knows I want this bad, you know, and... Every time they saw me, they they know. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though it's a competition, but they're they're able to they're able to judge. And at the end of the day, too, it's all a reality series. They're obviously, and I was talking to Tom about this before. They're just going to pick apart certain. Uh, certain parts of the show, what people say, what people do to get drama out of it. And of course, while you were on the show, one of the biggest talking points, one of the biggest focal points of the program was your drama with Amanda. So do you feel like your drama with Amanda that was ongoing throughout the um, first few weeks of the show, do you feel like that kind of hindered your chances of the fan voting in the end and kind of WWE or the production team or whoever was editing the show kind of painting you as the bad guy at certain points? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, they only have one minute to show the reality reality part of it, you know. They cannot show everything. They didn't show the humble part of Gabby, you know what I mean? The times that I cried because my mother was hospitalized, or the conversations that I had with Patrick about, you know, being humble and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They, they, uh, I'm not saying that they portrayed me wrong. Yes, I am who I am, and I speak my mind. If I have a problem with you, I'm going to tell you so. And Amanda has been lying that she has a problem with her breast implants, you know what I mean? And that's what got me so mad, that she took a spot of someone that really wanted to be a WWE, you know, and she didn't even know anything about the business before. Because mm-hmm. I do have text messages that we ex- exchanged prior to coming to because we know each other from, from Connecticut, mm-hmm. and she didn't want to be here. You just came here for the TV time. And you mentioned the, the humbleness, too, and that was kind of a factor that played into the uh, the elimination of Patrick just last week. So on that note, do you feel like... Because when Patrick got cut, they said that he wasn't humble, and there was only one clip where he was trying to motivate ZZ into improving his physique, which he, cri- which he kind of tried to do this week. But that being said, do you feel like the... Um, the criteria the judges use, I mean, we already kind of talked about them before, how they're never really around you, so they really can't get a full hold on what you guys are like, how you're improving, whatever. They only kind of tell from the show. Do you feel like the uh, criteria that the judges use to eliminate people, or at least put them in the bottom three, like with Patrick and saying that he's not humble, whereas he was, and he still got cut from the show, do you feel like the criteria they use is also flawed? Um, I believe it's wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not one individual in that barracks that wanted this as much as Patrick wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. Patrick is passionate about the business. He's extremely humble. You know, the, the sad part of it that they don't show that Patrick was his father when he was two years old, and then they, don't, they never show that Patrick was watching TV one day and he found WWE. And that's how he fell in love with the business. He was like about eight years old, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he's humble. He loves the business. He, you know, he wanted to be here. And I just, it's not fair that they don't, you know, balance that out and just eliminate whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it did, did it seem like the producers, or kind of also on that note, did it seem like the producers only really included certain clips to make the fe- to make the viewers feel a certain way about an individual, whether it be you or another competitor on the show? Well, once again, it's a reality show. They can only put as much as, you know, they can. I, I can say that. Mm-hmm. We're also, too, during your elimination a couple weeks ago, um, it, it really came down to you, Sarah Lee. Was ZZ the other one in the bottom three that night? I don't remember. Hold on, I don't 
Tanner and ZZ? I, no, no, well, uh... Geez. I don't remember. <laughs> I could have sworn it was Sarah Lee, because you guys all got... Pro- oh, was it? I'm trying... Oh, it was Tanner. It was Tanner. You're right, because... Oh, me, Sarah, and Tanner. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, because Tanner cut a promo on Daniel Bryan. You cut a promo on Hulk, I think. No, I cut a promo on Daniel Bryan, and he cut a, a one on Hulk Hogan, and Sarah did one in... On, uh, on page. page, yeah. So that's what it was. So do you feel like, because that entire episode, like I like Sarah, you said that she was your pick to win. Mine as well. I think she's good. She's gotten better. But that whole episode was kind of dedicated or showing clips of her not doing well in the physical challenges, and it really looked like she was going home. And we already talked about before the popularity contest is kind of show kind of became. But um, do you feel like, were you shocked when you were eliminated because it kind of felt like that Sarah Lee was the one, everyone thought that she was going home, but that one promo that she cut on page kind of seemed to sway the opinion of the viewers. Um, she really kind of came out of, out of her shell in that moment. So were you shocked to see yourself go home on that night? Well, I can only speak for myself. I am. I was shocked uh, for the fact that I don't believe my fans would turn their backs to me because I was more popular than Sarah Lee at that point on Twitter or any single poll they did at WWE or USA USA Network had one, and I had the most votes. You know, I was mm-hmm. like leading fifty-two percent. I had on um, on that day way more followers than her, so. And then it comes down to it that when they tweeted the hashtag was wrong, and one of like multiple of my fans proved that the voting it was off, mm-hmm. that I had the most votes and Tina had the least votes. Really? Yeah. So that's one of the reasons that Booker T brought me here uh, to his radio show. Mm-hmm. To talk about that because when Chelsea got hurt, they thought they would have to replace her, and then I would have been one to replace her. Mm-hmm. And of course, yeah, it ended up being the case. Yeah, she ended up doing better. I guess she ended up, uh, you know, coming back from the yeah, injury. Yeah, good for her though. You know, because you know, here's another thing: she wants to be there too. She's already a wrestler. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not like the the two other bikini clones like Amanda and Georgia. Mm-hmm. They're just there for the TV ch- uh, time. Yeah, that's what it kind of comes across like on this show, and the more, especially in the more recent episodes, it definitely comes across that way. And I'm still shocked they, that, like you said, you were pissed before, but I was super mad that Miz saved her. Miz is great, but I'm I'm very shocked that he saved her. I don't, I don't know why he didn't really justify his decision. I didn't watch Tough Talk, but did he say anything on the show as to why he saved her? Because it really didn't make any sense. Well, Amanda was gonna go home with 13. percent Yeah, yeah. Uh, of the votes, and he saved her. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like you said, it's it's a competition. I don't know. Maybe he sees that she could do better, you know. But I don't. I I honestly, not, it's not because I had a problem with her. That I don't. I just don't see her being a diva. You can see her performance on 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 the ring, and I've been getting my personal training right now. I am ahead of them. Mm-hmm. You know, I you can see on Twitter and in videos that I've been posting. I am way better than her, so if they have four weeks, I'm going to be literally eight weeks ahead of them because the training that I get, I just don't see her becoming a diva with her skills right now. Yeah, I mean, Miz is a part of the reality business. He's been on a lot of reality shows before, so and, and being a part of this one, maybe he saw that... Amanda brought drama to the show, and you wanted to keep her around. I have no idea. So that was that was a shocking well, you decision. Know, if that was the case about drama. I should have stayed there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If that was going to be the case, do you feel like also that they could have saved you at any point? They had, the judges have had saves, and Miz used the save tonight. He was the he was back to replace Hulk Hogan. Do you feel like the judges should have saved? Or do you feel like you know the fan voting was one? Um, one part of the elimination of you and Patrick and Mata in recent weeks, do you think it's also partially the judge's fault for not using their save in any of those people? Well, they do have one case, right? And yeah. they, they can judge. <laughs> they can see if it was good or not. I mean, if it was a judge, I would have. And I just thought that Paige was going to save me. Oh, really? Yeah, you thought Paige was going to save you? Yeah, I thought so because, you know... I don't know, I just had that kind of intuition and I was like, oh, maybe she's going to save me and she didn't because she looked at me and we talked afterwards because, oh, you know, I was going to save you but, you know, I seen you in a show it just, it, 
it looked like he didn't want to be here anymore, and that's why I didn't lose my faith. Really? Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of that, too, I mean, kind of going off the elimination um, part of it, they really don't do anything to show, they don't really give any criteria as to who should stay and who should go home. It's really all kind of biased. I mean, it's really all a popularity contest. Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know why they do the way they, they, they do it the way they do um, when it comes to the elimination. But like you said, with the elimination botched, so to speak, and that you could have saved, you could have been uh, saved had it not been for the uh, Twitter debacle. But um, was there anything you feel like you could have improved upon to save yourself from elimination? Well, you keep saying about the promo, you know, like they also did a show a promo that I caught uh, again at uh, the King Barracks, and mm-hmm. it was pretty damn good. They didn't show it, and honestly, the highlight of the part that I couldn't do it. Honestly, I couldn't even look at the other piece that was discussed about her, and I was trying to be professional, and honestly, they showed part of that. You know, she said, you know, look at me, this is a promo, but I can't look at your face, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Hey, that's, that, that was my point. And then when Neil Bryan uh, had to cut a promo again, I came up, of course I wanted to say, hey, I hope you never wrestle again, you know, with this next problem that you have. Or, I know you're afraid because I'm going to take your wife's spot, you know, that kind of stuff. But I had rehearsal my final three for four weeks, and mm-hmm. that's all I had in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so that, they said that's, you know, why I got voted off. But like I said, I don't believe my and it's weird too because like I was talking about before the the judges have the saves and maybe they want to use those saves for later on in the show when they feel like someone could really need it but the thing is is that week by week by week they keep on cutting people that deserve to win you know so at what point do you use that save I mean the people that are left Sarah's good but I think maybe there's seven people left of the of the seven people left she's really the only one that has potential, and I think it was Mick Foley that said on his Facebook or something that a lot of the people that you were in the competition with, they're all good, they're all really good, but I think a lot of them are long-term projects, like Josh, you mentioned, um, I think has potential, but a lot of these people aren't going to be ready to be a WWE superstar at any point in the near future, because a lot of them just don't have that same passion that you and a lot of the other competitors that have been re- that have been eliminated recently, you know, so that, that part is flawed to me too, but I, I don't get that aspect either. Yeah, I don't know, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's a wrestling show, it should be, it should be uh, focused on people that it's really improving on the ring, so, I don't know, like I said, people said I was there, I mean, I said I was there for the TV time, if it was for the TV time, I was not going to pursue my dream, you know, change my entire life and routine to stay in Florida and continue my training, to do my tryout in October, and if it doesn't work out, one in January. Um, That's great, yeah. Well, you know, at least you're keeping with wrestling, and I'll ask you about that a little bit towards the end, too, and at least you're keeping with your dream of becoming a wrestler. There's a lot of people in that competition that probably wouldn't, and it just doesn't make any sense because there's a lot of those people that just, they're just not going to make it at any point in the near future because a lot of the previous Tough Enough winners haven't gone anywhere, so... But, um, you know, as I mentioned before, at the end of the day, it's a reality show, but do you feel like they could have incorporated more wrestling aspects into the show, more wrestling challenges? Because it seems like every other, every other episode, they only show maybe 30 seconds of wrestling and everything else is, you know, some other random skill challenge and swimming with gators or something like that. So do you feel like they could have used more skill challenges in these shows? Well, once again, it's a reality show. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, I guess that kind of speaks for itself. But... Um, so the night of your elimination, you were talking to Renee Young, and you said that you were happy to have been eliminated. So do you feel like honing your, you're honing your craft at the WWE Performance Center or elsewhere, as you said, at the Wild Samoan School uh, or on the independent circuit or wherever, is kind of an easier or more logical route to getting to WWE as opposed to winning this kind of, I don't want to say foreigner reality show. It does have its highlights, but it seems like it's very a wronged uh, concept. But still, do you feel like the route that you're now taking is a better, an easier, more logical way of getting in the business than winning some reality show like that? Well, uh, answer to Lenny's question, uh, obviously I said I'm a spare of the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, he, I was I was in WWE. You know, 
Odell didn't show a lot of training and stuff like that, but being a performance center is it's amazing. And yeah, they did say that in the spirit of Omer, the one that said that, oh, I'm glad to be out. The only thing I thought, you know, I'm, I'm glad not to be in a drum anymore because my goal is to learn how to wrestle. And uh, yeah, stuff enough was an addition to WWE, you know, and at least people saw that I am serious about it. You know, people noticed me in many aspects, and and I believe right now the route I'm going to, it's it's really good though. I can't say it's better, but it's really good. And it seems like. You know, although the show did have its benefits, like I said, it gets you more exposure and it kind of get you noticed by WWE to begin with. Because if you weren't on the show, maybe you wouldn't have got the tryout in October for NXT at the Performance Center. But it seems like the the training that I've been hearing that you're doing now, that you just said that you were doing now and will be going forward for the next couple of months, it seems like you're going to be doing more wrestling and stuff that will actually play uh, a part in your future now than it, than you were when you were on the show. You know, it just seems like it should be the other way around, but I guess that's just kind of the way it works, you know? Yeah. Once again, it's reality TV show, so... <laughs> yeah. I have this fair time, and, you know, I decide to make changes in my life, and I, I'm accommodating five days of training, maybe more, you know, we're talking about... Four hours a day is just like it's insane. Um, and I'm sure, like you know, when you get to, to NXT, it's about the same thing. Like, but you know, like I said, talking about is a reality TV and show, and they have to do the reality part of it. Have to do the training, have challenges. They have to show a lot of stuff, and it gets caught up most of them. Well, do you feel like? Yeah, well, well and, and do you feel like in watching the previous season of Tough Enough with Stone Cold, the season from 2011, that they could have just made the show completely taped? Because that season was all taped months in advance, I believe. It was not a mixture like this one is of being you know, being taped and then live. Tape, live, tape, live. Do you feel like that also kind of hindered the show itself because they weren't really able to get enough clips of you guys? Well, they wanted to do the show different. That's what I heard, you know. Yeah. They wanted to have the public, they want to have the show basically live. So, you know, it's different. I, I just don't, I don't know because I can't see. I wasn't, I wasn't in the show, you know, in the past yeah. season. Um, but it's totally different. We film and it was in, I don't know, let's say 48 hours, it's left to film and it's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's strange the way it kind of, I mean, I, I get the network probably wanted to they said when they put out the press release for the show back in January, I think, they said they wanted a more reimagined format. I think they were kind of pushing for that more live uh, format to the show where they can incorporate, like I said earlier, the socially relevant aspect of it where they can have fan voting and people tweet in and stuff like that to boost ratings and whatever. Um, but I think they're just kind of experimenting with it, especially if they bring the show back. Maybe they'll do something where it's kind of like last season where it's more taped or... I mean, they just kind of, you know, it's, it's a first-run season, so they'll always probably, you know, improve upon it in the future. But final question for you, and you already kind of touched upon it, um, kind of a broad question too, but what are your plans for your future in wrestling going forward? Well, step by step, I have to go through NXT, uh, you know, and from there, hopefully to become a diva. I am getting uh, lots of training with the Wild Samoa Alpha, and it's very intense. We go step by step, and we don't move forward until I get the move or, you know, the drill, whatever, you know. So it's very detailed. It's very specific. Uh, it's an amazing atmosphere. Everybody is very respectful. And, you know, there's a lot of love and passion in that place, and that makes me feel so good. So, you know, honestly, it's going to be sad. I'm going to be really sad when I leave there, but it's part of the game, though. Awesome. And, of course, the fans can always follow you on Twitter, follow your journey in wrestling, and uh, as you continue to improve and, and, and train at the Wild Simone School, I can tell you right now that a lot of big names have come out of that school, and he knows what he's talking about. That guy's a legend of the business, so you're in good hands. But going forward, though, uh, where can the fans find you? Where, the, where can they uh, find you on social media and any other things you'd like to plug uh, before we let you go? Hi, so I have Instagram and Twitter, both are at Top Gabby, mm-hmm. and that's established. We're not going to change that. And just follow my journey. You know, I'll be posting uh, videos and photos, things about wrestling uh, very often, almost every day. 
on the weekends off, obviously. Besides <laughs> you putting ice tags on my, on my back, you know, because I've been really sore lately. I'm getting beat off my guys. It's just crazy. That's the good, the good thing about being there because there's no girls. Yeah. So I am working with guys. Mm-hmm. So that makes it better. I can imagine, yeah, exactly. So there's no drama or anything like that that you have to worry about going forward. You know, like, oh, I don't have to worry about drama with Amanda today no. and her being jealous or anything like that, you know? So you can just... No, I don't have to worry about, like, a, you know, a boot dropping <laughs> in the ring because it's not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. And you don't have to focus on any drama. So, Gabby, thanks so much for joining me, and uh, good luck going forward. Thank you. No thanks problem. Me. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks once again to Gabby for joining me for a great conversation. I appreciate her time. And as she said at the end there, you can follow her on Twitter at ToughGabby on Instagram, same thing. And follow her journey on becoming the next WWE diva. So in the final few minutes of the show here, I want to talk about a few different topics. No raw review. My full written thoughts in the show are up at NextAirWrestling.net. This very website under the columnist corner. Um, with the six or seven minutes we have left, I don't want to spend it talking about Raw. It was a really good show. I enjoyed it, but nothing too, new, n- nothing too, too newsworthy. But on the subject of Tough Enough, though, I did want to talk about this. I mentioned it in the interview with Gabby, and it just blew my mind. It absolutely just blew my mind, the elimination of Patrick. Now, I talked about this a little bit on Facebook after the day after on Wednesday on the elimination of Patrick. It just blew my mind. I mean, this guy was a shoe-in to win. I'm not just saying that just because he was a wrestling fan. The guy could talk. He knew how to bump. He's He is a wrestler. He had the passion moreover than anything else. And his elimination, and I know the fans voted him off. Don't give me that shit. Paige keeps on saying that. She could have saved him. She put him in the bottom three to begin with for not being humble, which is ludicrous. And I was talking to John about this on uh, Wednesday or Thursday about how Paige is probably the least humble person on that show, yet she's the one to call out Patrick for not being humble. And like Gabby said in the interview, they just pull out different clips of people being assholes anyway. I personally didn't think he was being a D-bag at all. You know, they just pulled a clip of him trying to motivate ZZ, and for the right reasons too. ZZ, while he is very likable, is a very, very long-term project. He cannot go in the ring at all. He cannot go in the ring at all. His cardio sucks. The people like him. I understand that. That's the reason why he keeps on surviving. Hence, why tonight um, I'm recording this right after Tough Enough. He got the most percentage of the votes. Although he did the worst on the show, he lost. Um, you know, he lost all the competitions. He has yet to win one. And Mata lost before him. Amanda would have gone home and had Miz not saved her. It's just this this show. I mean, I, I tried to give it a chance. And maybe I'm just more disappointed because I really wanted this to go well. Because I love the 2011 season. Like I talked about it in a uh, video blog a couple weeks ago on the YouTube channel. That I just really wanted this season to go well. Because that last season was so fucking good. You know, the Stone, not just only because Stone Cold was guest host, or was the host. I think Jericho is good, but it's not even his fault that he's like an afterthought on the show. They they just don't give him enough. They don't give him enough TV exposure. He's just the guy that is just kind of the game show host. You know, now time back to American Idol. That's exactly what the show reminds me of, American Idol. And I liked that show in the first few seasons, but then I just grew sour on it because of the the bottom three in a popularity contest. I don't care how good this guy is. I just care if, if, if he's good looking, if he's likable, whatever. ZZ's got more charisma than anyone on that show, but it's not a reason to save him. It's just ridiculous. Patrick getting eliminated just blew my mind. He had all the tools to become the next WWE superstar. Now, maybe it's better off for him because the guys who win this show more often than not are not better off because of it. The only winner that that ever really went anywhere was John Morrison. Now, people like Cameron and Ryback and all these other guys and Miz, of course, how can I forget the Miz, were all taken off of Tough Enough and went on to become WWE superstars. Cameron is Cameron, <laughs> Ryback is the Intercontinental Champion, and Miz, a former WWE Champion, having having headlined WrestleMania 27, as he will always be uh, very, very, very happy to remind you of. So maybe it's better off for him. I'm sure he's going to get another tryout. Gabby got a tryout, as she said, she'll be in NXT in October. So if she can get a tryout, I'm sure Patrick will get a tryout as well. So I'm sure we'll be seeing him back in WWE very soon. But that elimination. Just made me for the show. It, it, for me, it just made the show jump the shark. Um, I gave it chance after chance after chance to get better. I really hoped it would get better. And after people were shitting on the on the format, I said it's, it's okay. You just got to give it more time to enjoy it. 
in just that one elimination changed my thoughts on this entire show. I'm going to continue to watch because I have been tuning in since day one. I want to see who wins. At this point, there's not many uh, lucky prospects left. Mata's gone. Patrick's gone. Um, Gigi's still there. I'm, I'm sure she might either win or, or Sarah for the guys. I don't care, to be honest with you. There's Josh. There's ZZ. Um, Tanner is good. He's just very vanilla and he's very boring. But we'll see. I'm sure in, in the weeks to come, there will be plenty more to complain about when it comes to Tough Enough. But uh, final news note here before we go off the air. SummerSlam will be four hours this year as announced on WWE.com on Monday. A lot of rumors going on about that late last week, and it ultimately they came to fruition. A lot of people don't like the idea, but man, I'll, I'm going to be there. 26 more days, baby. I'll be in uh, Brooklyn, the Barclays Center for SummerSlam, my first ever WWE pay-per-view. And it's going to be a four-hour one, SummerSlam, and it's going to be huge. I couldn't be happier. I think it's a great move. I know it's a very long night. I'm going to be there in person, but I think it's going to be even... Um, I think it's great. I mean, if I was sitting at home watching it for four hours, then sure, I'd be a little bit like, oh, four hours? Are you kidding me? But it's got that mania feel to it. I'm going to be there. It's going to be just incredible. And I feel like um, it's a benefit all the way around. You get more mid-card matches out of it. Hopefully, it's just not an hour just to give Undertaker an hour-long entrance as we see at WrestleMania every year. I kid, I kid. Um, but as I said on Twitter on Monday night, why not do an Iron Man match? I'm hopefully going to write an article about this later this week, hopefully for Bleach Report, but you got that extra hour. They did an Iron Man match once before on a three-hour show, and a lot of the you know shows they've done Iron Man matches have been two-hour or three-hour shows. But in today's WWE, you know they're not going to do an Iron Man match unless it's something big or unless they have enough time. With SummerSlam being four hours long, I see no reason why they shouldn't do it, especially with Cena Rollins. Um, those two have great chemistry. First of all, I applaud Cena for fucking breaking his nose and continuing that match regardless. Um, you know, props to Cena. I'm sure that, that comes as no surprise. He is super Cena after all. He will go through anything. But um, still, that was very commendable of him. But uh, that, that's a match I would love to see at SummerSlam. I'm sure Cena Rollins is already booked for the event. I'm not too high on that match. I feel like it, it should be Rollins versus somebody else. Who that somebody else would be, I have no idea. But I, I just—it's way too early to be to see Cena back in the WWE World Heavyweight Championship picture. Um, he's way too overexposed. I like the guy. Um, I like him as United States Champion more specifically. I'm not a John Cena fan, but I am a fan of his work as U.S. Champion. And for him to contend for the title as soon as SummerSlam, especially for the title versus title match, it makes absolutely no sense. Look at it this way. If John Cena wins, wins the WWE World Heavyweight title, and retires the U.S. Championship as a result, then what the hell was the point of him holding that belt to begin with? Just so we can headline SummerSlam with that championship? Of course not. That'd be a waste. If Rollins wins, they also retire the U.S. Championship. And again, what was the point? You have to make a superstar with, with, with whoever is going to be, whoever is going to beat Cena for that belt is going to get a big rub out of it. What rub does Rollins get from beating Cena? I'm sure it's going to be a, de- a dirty, clean, any a dirty win anyway. So what would be the point of him beating Cena, uh, of beating Cena for that belt? It makes no sense. So I'm hoping that it's not going to be title for title. You know, I was hoping for a title for title match, and not the WWE World Heavyweight Title, but rather the IC title that doesn't look to be in the cards right now with Ryback hurt and Daniel Bryan was originally planned and he got hurt, so that that title's cursed apparently. But uh, it's going to be a great match. Don't get me wrong. I'm excited for whatever happens on the show because I'm going to be there. But anyway, back to the four-hour thing. I think it's great. You know, some people aren't going to appreciate the extra hour. And it's like, oh, it's way too long. And I'm the first person to complain all the time about WWE programming being way too overexposed. But I think in this case, it works. For a blockbuster pay-per-view like SummerSlam, it gives more people like, you know, the mid-carders, the tag team division, the women, more time to go out there and, you know, uh, to kind of go out there and have more time for their matches and more time for their storylines and whatnot. And it's already looking like a stacked card from what we've been, you know, hearing about Kevin Owens and Cesaro, Cena Rollins, Undertaker and Brock kind of sells itself in the main event and all the other matches we're bound to be getting at that pay-per-view. I'm looking forward to it. I like the move for the four hours. You know, it can't be an every month thing. I'm, you know, having a pay-per-view go four hours every single month would be fucking overboard. And it honestly would not surprise me if they did that at some point, because they have the network now, so it doesn't matter. Um, but being there live and also you throw in the hour-long pre-show, it's it's going to be one hell of a night. It's going to be one long night, but I am sure as hell looking forward to it. So on that note, we're going to close out the show. 
WrestleRant Radio, July 28th. It's going to go down as one of the most stacked shows in recent history with all the talk about Hulk Hogan. And the awesome interview with Gabby, once again, thanks to her for joining me. Had a great time talking to her, and you can follow her on Twitter at TuffGabby. Speaking of uh, shameless plugs, you guys can follow me on Twitter at WrestleRant, on the Facebook at Facebook.com backslash graham.gsm.matthews. Check out this very website, nextairwrestling.net, for my full reviews of Raw, SmackDown, Main Event, Superstars, Teen Impact Wrestling, NXT, Lucha Underground, Main Event, I already said Main Event, or Ring of Honor, rather, and everything else in between. So we're back next Tuesday, guys, with another electric episode of WrestleRant Radio on Breaking Down Raw. Forgot who we have on. I believe we have, uh... <laughs> I have no idea. I know his name. I just don't know his name off the top of my head at this very moment. But we do have someone scheduled in and penciled in for next week's episode of WrestleRant Radio. For stay- so stay tuned. It's going to be a great show as the road to SummerSlam marches on 26 days away. So on that note, guys, have an awesome rest of your week. Enjoy wrestling. Continue to enjoy wrestling, I guess. And I'll catch you guys next Tuesday.